Welcome to Mad Men. This is Andy. And that is Pim. What are we talking about today, Pim? We are talking about what people get wrong with your favorite MadPick element, decision criteria. <sighs> Breaks my heart when I see these things. People not, not utilizing it as fully as they could, getting it wrong. It's, yeah, makes me very, very sad. What do you think is the, the main number one, Pim? What's the number one thing that salespeople get wrong about decision criteria? That there is this mindset where we think the, the decision criteria are something that the customer has, right? right. We need to uncover what their decision criteria yes. are. Like they're experts in buying your solution. Yeah. They already know, they've already got it all worked out. Um, all you need to do as a salesperson is go and figure out, you know, what things in particular they know that they need to have in your solution to basically match your solution to their needs. Yeah. Like, like as if, uh, as if our customers are so busy day in, day out that they're just spending time reading Forrester reports, going on all of our websites, competitors' websites, reading G2 crowd, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and even if they did do that, that the opinion they'd form, the decision criteria they'd form is the one that's the best for their business. That yeah. is the number one thing that people get wrong about the decision criteria. Yeah. Because when you do find out that they do have decision criteria, there's probably something else going on, right? Which is even less favorable for where yeah. you will be with that prospect it's, at that at time. At best, yeah. it's come from like good research, good yeah. like un, um, unbiased research. Uh, at worst, it's come from a com competitor who's not going to go in there and tell about you know all the things that better about your solution that they should be looking for, right? They're only going to talk about you know what's great about theirs and if they're a really good salesperson they're going to set some traps for you that you're probably going to walk straight into if you try and match to that decision criteria that the competition has set right yeah and then and then the, the maybe joint biggest thing that people get wrong with decision criteria is they're just reactive with it and what i mean by reactive is they kind of they go and find out what it is and then they react and, uh, and sort of tune their pitch. And so they accept it for what yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Don't change it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's, it's it's locked in now. And and you know, we've got to have to we're gonna to have to do our best to make ours sound as good as it can against this criteria. When you know, like we just said, like the even if the customer has a very very clear from their side decision criteria, like we said, it's unlikely that yeah. it's going to be good for you. At best, it's going to be, you know, agnostic, sort of neutral. Um, and if you just sit back, you're not really kind of, you're not really doing any what I would class as professional selling. You are just sort of answering questions about yeah. your solution. You are demonstrating your vanilla solution rather than, you know, solution selling. Yeah. So I think, I also think as it, as it connects back to value, right, which is sort of like the bigger pillar that decision criteria are part of this is like how you do it so if you think about the pain that that this customer is looking to solve for potentially with you as a seller like you need to care about the way that you're gonna get there right and yeah. and when you're thinking about the the strengths of your uh, company your products etc it's the articulation of how you do that better or, or yeah better than anyone else or maybe even uniquely if you're in a really really uh lucky spot i would i would add and so yeah, I think that that reactiveness is like a real big thing that we see that people get wrong, right? Yeah, and it's it's not it shouldn't be forgotten about how much the customer will mark you down mm. as a partner if all you do is kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like you know to to kind of bring the the thought more uh, visual. It's like if you invite an architect around your house and you tell mm. them that you know you want 
you want an extension because you know you need more space in the house right and all of a sudden they're outside measuring how much of your garden you're going to lose and this sort of stuff and and they come back with a plan of like you know you're going to lose half your half your backyard i should say yeah <laughs> um and then another architect comes in and says, tell me why. Why is it you want the extension? They say, well, we need another room. We've got a child on the way. And they say, well, okay, but if you have an extension, you're going to lose half your garden, right? Yeah. Um, but I noticed you've got a, a, a loft, an attic, right? Have you thought about converting that? All of a sudden, the person, doesn't matter how good the architect is, doesn't matter how you know, beautiful the extension is going to be, the second architect just came and changed the game. And yeah. it's probably going to win the, the the deal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's in the decision criteria. And and actually, you made me realize something else. Another thing that people get wrong is that they think about it just in the technical sense, right? But we oh, yeah. break it down in other categories too. There are other things to consider here, right? For sure. For sure. It's like for, for in in your example here, economical relationship. Yeah. Well, it's it for sure. There's you know from an economics perspective, for sure. There'll be difference in costs, but also, yeah. you know, we like we 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 say it's not just about cost in terms of money. Yeah, probably don't need as much planning permission, authority involvement to convert an attic as you do to move your house out the back, depending on where you live. Time to value that, yeah. yeah, that comes under time to value and efficiencies and all that kind of stuff. Relationship on an extension, maybe. I mean, it's it's um. It's an interesting one from a perspective of future sale value of the house. You know, it's yeah. kind of aligning with the future. Might be under relationship if, you know, the, the house, even though it's got an extra couple of bedrooms, might not be that appealing anymore because there's nothing up. We're going way too far yeah, into yeah. this analogy. <laughs> but um, let's summarize. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, you probably have like a project going on and we'll have like architects cold calling you now. And it's like, oh, no. hello. It's like, yeah. Let's summarize. Yeah. So what is it? People... People assume that customers either have one or if they do have one, that it's well thought out. Being reactive Being about reactive it. Being reactive about it. it just, just lining yourself up and just hearing what the customer's got to say rather than influencing, taking control, thought leading, all those good things. Yeah, so that's the assumption that it's well thought out basically, right? Yeah. What else? Uh, oh, there's one, there is one actually I thought of is that people assume, like they go in, they do the world's greatest job of influencing yeah. thought leadership and they're like, wow, look at this. Look at this decision criteria that I've got confirmation from my customer and we have consensus. Look, I'm going to hang it, put it on the wall. I'm going to tell everyone about it. And they assume it's not going to change. They assume that the salesperson mm -hmm. that goes in after them or comes in late is not going to, you know, make the customer think about things differently. You oh, know, yeah. it's like, hey, <laughs> I'm bringing the analogy back. I'm sorry, Pim, but it's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? We're going to build an annex or we actually, maybe it's not, maybe they don't need more space for a child. Maybe they just wanted a, more space, but actually someone captures their eye and they sell them a timeshare somewhere else, right? Or like a holiday home or something like that. The, as long as you're attaching back to the business needs, the decision criteria is so far away from that, that it, it could change radically. And that's why, you know, Salespeople today, they can have five deals and in each of those deals, they could have five, 10, 15 different competitors. They won't yeah. see necessarily the same competition in the same deal, even if they're selling their same solution. Well, Andy, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought it back to selling. <laughs> I've been through quite a bit of a rebuild myself and I think that everyone who has and is listening to this will resonate with that. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense in the, in the context of uh, professional selling. Yeah. Well, cheers to Medic Towers. <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers, Andy. <laughs>